This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. This podcast was produced on the lands of the Yalikut Wheelam clan of the Boon Wurrung peoples. We pay our respects to their elders, past and present, as well as the traditional owners of lands throughout Australia. Let's be real, the digital world is moving at a pretty rapid rate. There's a lot to love about always being able to connect with our friends online, yet many of us still find ourselves feeling disconnected and lonely. The thing is, taking time to connect with others in person is actually a huge win for our mental well-being. It's good for our hearts and our heads. Welcome to Reality Unplugged, a podcast that explores and celebrates what it means to feel connected. Across four episodes, we'll meet some incredible people from around Victoria who will share their stories and lived experiences about mental health and how meaningful and authentic connections shape their lives. This show is presented by Joy, Australia's rainbow community media organisation in collaboration with Vic Health. If any of the topics discussed in this podcast bring up any negative feelings for you, remember that support is available. Headspace is a national youth mental health support service offering online and phone-based support. For more information, visit headspace.org.au. That's headspace.org.au. We also have links to additional services in the show notes. Hello and welcome to Reality Unplugged. I'm your host, Susie. Also, soft-launching name change, Jun Chao is my Chinese name. Navigating the world can be difficult at the best of times, but how do you navigate it when so many parts of the world aren't built for you? This is the reality for those living with a disability, where even going down the street can be difficult and sometimes impossible. On today's episode of Reality Unplugged, I'll be chatting to Jessie. Jessie is a proud person living with disabilities, using her experience to advocate for inclusion, safety, and accessibility for people with disabilities. Jessie has been using a wheelchair for a couple of years now, and in that time, she has faced the reality of how many spaces aren't built with accessibility in mind. However, where she wasn't able to access specific spaces, she's found different ways to connect with others and find her community. I'll also be joined by Artie Owens. Artie is the creative producer and youth coordinator at Arts Access Victoria, the peak body for arts and disability in Victoria. Artie and I will dive deeper into what Arts Access Victoria does, as well as discussing how participants can build confidence, connections, and improve their mental health while getting involved. Jesse and Artie, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. Thanks so much for having us. Jesse, I'd love to start by asking you a bit about your journey with your disability. Yeah, so my journey pretty much started for me in a major way. Uh, 2019, I had a heart surgery and I woke up with an infection in my heart and it traveled to my brain, making it pretty hard for me to be able to use my legs and the rest of my body. So 2019 was the start of my journey with disability. I've been using a wheelchair ever since. Um, And that's brought me towards having multitude of other health problems and other disabilities. I've lost my hearing since then. Um, I've had cognitive issues due to ABI. Yeah, so 2019 was pretty much the start of my journey with disability. Um, I was autistic before then. Um, Yeah, but I I would say 2019 would be the biggest start of my journey with disability. Since then, do you think you could tell us a little bit about the setbacks you've faced, like due to your disability? Yeah, so at first I didn't really think that, you know, it'd be such a big deal going out and about. Um, 
you know, being at rehab, I did see a lot of older people that had disabilities um, and trying to learn how to use the wheelchair. I was just told, oh, yeah, it's just a new part of your life. It won't really phase you too much. Um, you know, going into everyday things, it's gone, well, actually, this affects me all the time. Um, I want to go into shop. Oh, no, I can't. It's got a step. Oh, no, I can't do this. There's a lot of sensory overload. There's too many people. There's too many things going on. Being told that I can't do things because I'm in a wheelchair, I've been denied to go to different places. Um, I'm big in the arts community as well and trying to actually go into different art classes back in 2020, just before the lockdowns. And I wanted to go into different art classes. Oh, sorry, we don't actually want people with disabilities or who are in a wheelchair to be attending our classes. Oh, okay, cool. That makes me feel really good. Um, I've had, you know, pottery classes, sorry, we can't have a carer attending with you, etc. I didn't think it was going to impact so much. Yes, it was a new way of having to live and having to move around, but I didn't think that it meant so much discrimination and so many things that weren't accessible for myself and for people who live in ways that I have to live now. Yeah, I feel like that's like a really stark difference in like the blatant discrimination you're experiencing in a lot of spaces. I don't know, has that impacted your ability to find community in that or? Yeah, definitely. And, you know, trying to actually find a community that I belong to, um, particularly back when I was really new in the wheelchair, I wanted to find a place that I belonged to. But suddenly I'm being told, oh, no, you don't belong in this place. You don't belong here. You don't belong here. And trying to find a place that I did belong was really, really hard. And, you know, it suddenly becomes sometimes you have to make your own community. And I did need to do that. But and then I did also find places that I did belong, which was really good. Because mm. I feel like it'd be really tricky to, like, yeah, na- navigate, like, less or inaccessible spaces because it's like, yeah, do you try to push to advocate for yourself to be in those spaces or have you had to just kind of walk away from some things or? Yeah, definitely. Like I, I remember like, even a few weeks ago, I, I'd been having kind of a hard week anyway, but I'd been managing to cope with it really well. But all I wanted, it was a Friday afternoon, all I wanted was fish and chips. Well, mostly the chips part. <laughs> and I couldn't get into the shop because it had a massive step, and the carer's like, oh, I'll go get it for you. But I lost it. I just started bawling my eyes out because I went, I just want to do it myself. I want to get into the shop, and I just want my chips. And I lost it. And, you know, sometimes it is really like that because you literally do have to go away from it. And it's really upsetting because you just want to be able to do things yourself. And you want to be able to be included. Like everyone else can seem to be included in anything. They can do whatever they feel like. But it's when, you know, I just wanted the chips. But I couldn't even do something that simple. There are times where you literally just have to turn away and go, it's not going to happen. And, yeah, it does make a really big impact. And, yeah, you, you do have to accept there are literally parts of the world and, well, Australia, Victoria, that do not want to have you. I'm wondering, like, how does that impact your mental health? Like, that kind of consistent, like, discrimination, but also, like, just feeling like 
things aren't built for you and you can't do the things that you want to do like how has that affected your mental health in your life yeah mental health's a big one that I do face with you know having a disability you don't really you don't really know what's going to happen each day you do all the planning that you have to do I have to plan each part of my day who's going to take me out what I'm going to do where am I going to go how am I going to go there something goes wrong it upsets your entire plan and it's going to upset your mental health because that is one thing that you have tried to keep consistent and it means that yeah it's going to make you upset because you have tried to make sure that you can do something to try and fit in Mm. and yes mental health is a big thing for me um you know just part of disability pride is that you can be really happy with how your life is going and what's going on with disability but you can also go that was like a really horrible day week whatever and I'm not happy I'm having a really bad mental health time mental health has been a really big issue since being in the chair um, and having all these disabilities every time I get a new diagnosis it's another punch to the gut and I'll go and talk it out with someone and unfortunately the next day you just got to keep going Mm, I found like um in recent times I've been like unmasking a lot with my autism and stuff like that and like I find that I can control like things around me and I can bring my headphones I can bring my sunglasses I can bring things to lower my sensory overload but there's certain to a certain degree the external things you can't control and I think that that can be really like triggering emotionally because like you're like, I'm doing everything I can to try to alleviate pressure on the situation so I can exist in my body and feel comfortable, like just exist in the world and feel like some level of comfort. But then when there's so many external factors that you're like, I can't control this, I feel like that really can weigh on your mental health a lot. Yeah, definitely agree with that. And, you know, agreeing with you with your autism factors, like trying to control your own sensory needs but unfortunately double that with wheelchair access and everything, it plays on you. I mean, there's only so much that you can do and there's going to be external factors. Do you feel like you have people that you can connect with and like kind of talk about your feelings around this stuff with? Or I don't know, do you feel isolated sometimes in your life? Yeah, definitely. I definitely feel isolated. I mean, I got into the wheelchair and suddenly all my high school friends left. I had all my uni friends leave. Um, Nursing friends all left. My main people are my carers and family members. Um, I have my pets. They're probably my closest ones. And unfortunately, I live in an aged care. A lot of people with disabilities do. And I'm 23 and live in an aged care. And it's really actually isolating. Um, and I do feel quite isolated at times because there often aren't many people who are my age who want to speak about these types of things, who are going through these types of things. Um, and yeah, you do feel quite alone. Um, yeah, and it is about finding that type of community and people to connect with. Mm. Yeah, like through your advocacy or maybe like online stuff, have you found ways to make connections or what has that been like? Yeah, so I have done a few different things. So um, first, I am part of the art group, um, 
well, I first was part of it and now I actually teach it, which is pretty cool. Oh my God, um, flex on us, yeah. please. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty cool. Um, actually just taught them this morning, which was pretty cool. Um, and I love seeing them. I love seeing what creations they do. Yeah. Um, and they're always a bit eager to see what's going on and what's happening. Yeah, is um, that online or is it in real life? It's in real life Ooh. and, yeah, it's really good. I can just – I wander up with my carer and my chair and just wander up and have a bit of a chat and we all have morning tea and do whatever activity that I'm crazy enough to set for them. <laughs> um, yeah, so I've kind of found some community, but it's taken a while to be there. And, yeah, it's a really good group of people now, yeah. Yeah, so you said you were doing Paralympic training? Yeah. Yeah. Um. What sports do you like to play? Um. I play boccia. What's boccia? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So no one's generally really heard of it. Um. Which is a bit of a shame because it's a really awesome sport. Um. It's a bit of a mix between bocce and lawn bowls. Um. So it's an indoor sport. You it played sitting down. Um. Yeah. Search it up. It's B O C C I A. Um. Yeah, and we've got like leather balls that you've got six blue or six red, um, generally played like singles or teams, and you aim for a jack, which is a white ball, and it's anyone who gets closer to that jack, and you like get points and stuff. That sounds so fun. Oh my God. Okay, Botcha, I'll look it up. I'll look it up after the show. (laughs) (laughs) What is it like connecting with other people with disabilities and that through Botcha or like sport and stuff like that? Yeah, I... Honestly, I go to these competitions and it's the happiest I ever am because I get to just be around people who honestly are like me. We're all facing the same sort of issues. Like we don't have the same conditions. We're all in chairs and, you know, we all complain about how annoying the sidewalks are and we can't get around this car at the moment or we'd all go out for a dinner. Like we can't get into the door because the door is too closed in. Like it's just so good to have people who understand those type of issues and we don't have to explain everything. I love to advocate and I love to actually talk about these issues, but sometimes it is quite nice to have that community and be around people who do understand that. Um, and you make cool friends. Like I, I really love my gotcha community. Um, and I love going to the competitions. I don't care how much they are. I love going to the competitions and seeing my friends you may want to beat them all the time during the competitions, but suddenly you're like, you're a close friend again. Um, yeah, it's the best environment. Mm, that sounds like such a good like community building space because also you're doing like a fun activity as well. And I think that that's the thing is like having spaces that you can go to and then connect on basic levels and then form a deep, form a, like deeper connections is like just having that space is so nice. That sounds lit. One day can I watch one of your botcher games <laughs> as your fan? I'll be your cheerleader. Go, Jesse! Come on now. Yeah, I used to go to watch wheelchair rugby, and that was so hectic and so, so much loud. Fun. It is fun, but I got like migraines. This feels like I wouldn't get migraines, and it'd be just as fun. So I'm down. No, yeah, it's actually really good because mm. it's it's on a basketball court, mm. but like the leather balls don't make a sound, and it's great because like it's so sensory nice. Yeah. <laughs> And, like, it basically there's, like, no music. The only sound that ever is is, like, a microphone if they're calling out a name. 
but like that never happens. And it's just so sensory nuts. Um, since Artie is already kind of soft launched into the conversation, <laughs> no, no, it's good. I wanted to bring you into the conversation anyways, to talk about Art Access Victoria, which is where you work. Um, so maybe you could do a little spiel on what Art Access Victoria is. Arts Access Victoria. Uh, but yeah, Arts Access Victoria is a disability-led arts organisation. We produce and platform the work of deaf and disabled artists. We centre, celebrate and champion deaf and disabled artists. We work to create change and increase participation for deaf and disabled artists. Um, we run studios, mentorship programs, professional development programs. We also run awards and scholarships and give auspicing support. We also um, consult with the broader arts industry to chip away at those barriers and make art more accessible. I'm a chronically ill artist myself and I have no, not been able to go through a lot of uni degrees for that reason. Um, but back to Arts Access, we also run festivals, including the other film festival, Alter State, which is um, run in partnership with Art Centre, Melbourne, and Snug Rock, which is a um, like a music festival. It's about making friends. Um, and next year is our 50th. So we've been around for a long time. Don't ask me to math that. I am an artist. Um, I can't do that. <laughs> I think I think we started in the seventies. I don't know. That's that sounds correct. Okay. I, I, I'm gonna second that. Um, Thank you. <laughs> yeah, no, that sounds all really amazing. But I was wondering, yeah, like, what is your involvement at, mm. Arts, at Arts Access Victoria? It's a little Sorry. bit of a tongue twister. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's I wouldn't I wouldn't say the most accessible name. I don't know. <laughs> what AAV? AAV. What's your yeah. <laughs> involvement at AAV. Yeah. So uh, my title is creative producer slash coordinator for youth programs. Um, I started at AV uh, in marketing, actually, and then they sort of, they were like, you'd be great at this. I was like, oh, fab. Um, so I run a number of uh, programs for young, deaf and disabled artists, including a schools program, um, an advisory committee, some music events uh, with Snug Rock, uh, professional development program, and a new program um, designed by a group of fabulous young artists that we're doing with uh, Vic Health. Um, the heart of my role is to create pathways, uh, ways for young, deaf and disabled people to um, find what they want in the world. If that's in the arts, fabulous, we'll find them a way to be in the arts, either as a professional artist or maybe as an audience member. But the... Um, yeah, the choice and the access is what we're sort of aiming for. Um, part of my role is also to foster social connection. Um, we found, we did some research last year to develop this program and we found that um, young people didn't have a space they could go to and connect with each other, young deaf and disabled people. Um, and it was hard to find other deaf and disabled people um, you know, online spaces are good for that, but in person it's a little more difficult. Um, and so, yeah, so part of my role is is to find programs that will allow artists to connect with each other. Um, I find personally as an artist, um, being around other artists is the best part of it. 
because um, the money's not there, let's be honest. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's other people. And, and then seeing other deaf and disabled people thrive, create and share, um, thrive, create and share art makes being, you know, it makes being an artist seem possible. Like if you don't see it, you can't really believe it sometimes. Um, so this program that we've developed with these young people is called Makerspace and we're going to launch it in 2024. Have you had a lot of like feedback on that, on the programs you have run from participants? Yeah, so I'm going to draw mainly from the co-design workshops we mm -hmm. ran with the young, deaf and disabled people who um, designed this program. The best feedback um, I think we got is that during the program, um, when they were making art with their peers and hearing from more established artists that they forgot that non-disabled people exist. And like, that's amazing. <laughs> Cause it, for me, that meant that they didn't have to filter themselves or pretend they were something else they could just be. And, um, yeah, that was really lovely to hear because I've been in those moments where I'm like, oh yeah, I live in a bubble. People suck. And so that was nice to create that little bubble. You know, it's not nice to have to hide parts of yourself and that creates walls and barriers when you are trying to form connections because you're not being yourself fully. And that's very exhausting. <laughs> um, yeah, and so the, the people from this group ended up applying for a grant together and they still stay in touch and they signed up for more programs. So it felt like we did something right, um, which was, yeah, very, very cool. Um, if someone listening is keen on getting involved with Arts Access Victoria, what do you reckon would be the base, best way for them to get involved? There are lots of ways to find out more or get involved. Um, if you prefer online, we do have a website, um, artsaccess.com.au. We have a monthly newsletter, e-newsletter, with opportunities and events. You can follow us on socials as well. If you prefer to talk to someone, you can call, text, or email us. Uh, the number is on our website. I don't have that off by heart. I should. But, um, <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, if you're interested in particularly the makerspace um, for next year and that, um, you know, art and social connection, um, you can just mention that and we can find a way to, I don't know, put you on our books, um, you know, you know, put you in a, a wait list. We don't have uh, – it's still in development, but we're having some test sessions in September – so we'll have like a under pilot with or like orientation week, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so that's how you can get involved. We do have a monthly gathering um, that's not specifically for young people. That's for everybody. Um, if you're struggling to turn up in person, um, you can join these online gatherings and you know get used to some of the people there and then turn up in person and that way you have some familiar faces mm. um yeah yeah say less my september's filling up i got botcha <laughs> and the pilot <laughs> okay lots of love it 
Um, just to wrap up each episode, we've been asking people what their tips and tricks are for the audience members who might be experiencing mental health issues or loneliness just on the day to day to help them feel more connected to others. So I wanted to start with you, Jesse. Um, what advice would you have for young people, particularly those living with a disability who are struggling with their mental health or just feeling disconnected from others in general and want to find their community? Best thing that I kind of do, honestly, like... I have a bit of an art page, so I do, like, paintings and stuff. Um, of course, it's on Insta. Um, but it's always, for me, like, a connection point. If I'm not feeling like myself, I'm a bit mentally low, I will go down the Insta, like, scrolling thing, and I'll let myself, because for me that is a kind of connection point. I'll let myself kind of connect to those old see what other people are doing. I won't dwell on it because, you know, that will make me more upset. But I'll go, hey, like, it's a cute dog. I might message that cute dog um, or maybe the owners. But, like, I'll kind of go through that in stereo. Maybe I'll chat to some people or I'll reach out to some of the people that I do know. Um, but generally I do start with my art or my botcher. And I'll go, hey, this is, like, what I'm doing at the moment. And I'll, like, take pictures and I'll send it to my close people mm. because you do know, like, that's your community. If you're not feeling yourself, like, start with something that's going to, like, kind of center you mm. and then kind of show a picture and start a conversation with the people that you trust. And, yeah. Yeah. So specifically for young people who are living with disabilities and stuff like and mental health issues, you think that like connecting online can also be really useful not not every day like connecting in real life you know if you want to connect in real life that's awesome I know for myself it is really hard to get out um I do have a lot of trouble it takes a lot of planning it takes a carer it takes how am I going to get there is it a car am I going to have a panic attack on a public transport you know is my wheelchair going to slide on public transport because they're not accessible you know it takes all that planning. So for me, I am an online person and I will connect online generally. If I'm going out, awesome, but it will take a lot of planning. So for me, yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to give advice to connect online mm. um, because, yeah, I think that's a generally more easy thing. It, for, it generally requires a bit less planning. Yeah. And I think it's a bit of a mind load. And Adi, what about you? Any advice for young people living with a disability? Um, yeah, I, I guess there's, I mean, everyone's different, all of that, but um, uh, the online stuff is hugely important. Um, and, you know, I think about the days where I'm, I can't go outside and when someone sends me a Dungeons and Dragons meme, I'm like, you know, sitting there like, <laughs> crumbs everywhere, like, <laughs> um, you know, that really does make a huge difference. Um, uh, I, I had a quote from one of the people at our workshops that I really loved. Um, it's the comfort of a box, but the box is outside the box I usually live in. And I really resonated with that <laughs> because um, as someone with social anxiety, um, going out and meeting people in person is terrifying, um, but it is great and I do need it. It's so annoying. Um, you know? <laughs> it's like, oh, I want to, but oh, it sucks. Um, I'm just a perpetual teenager. But uh, yeah, so for me... Um, 
it's building resilience by doing that exposure therapy, doing bit by bit, um, forgiving myself if, if I'm not ready or if it's too hard or it's not going as fast as I want it to. Um, and, you know, uh, you know, being pushing myself, but not, not ever, never too far. Um, and, and going into spaces where I know I'll be in, in a nice little box, <laughs> but I have that box I need to be able to expand myself and meet new people, mm. um, you know, and just sort of building that resilience, um, retraining my brain. So, you know, not all rejection's bad, you know, not all conflict is bad, um, you know, small steps. Yeah, is my advice. Mm, you sound very like aware of your own like boundaries and needs i like that (laughs) i do therapy (laughs) (laughs) you're like shout out to my therapist let's go belinda um well knowing knowing your own needs is huge um Mm. you know my social cup's so easily filled i'd be like i talked to a barista today i'm done you know (laughs) um so they got the best of me It's like one social interaction a day. Fantastic. Um, so yeah, knowing your own boundaries and, and needs is super important. Um, you know, if you, if you're going to an extended uh, social event, you know, be like planned breaks. Um, I'm a big gamer, so I like to gamify my social interactions. <laughs> so like my objective for tonight is to talk to one stranger or, you know, stay for at least an hour, that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, no, I really like that. Wow. Oh, all these episodes, I feel like I'm like learning so much from everyone. I'm like, oh, this is so good. This is my therapy. <laughs> um, um, Jesse and Adi, thank you so much for joining me today on Reality Unplugged. Thank this you. was so good. Why do I feel like we're besties now? <laughs> I mean, um, for listeners, if you want any more information about Arts Access Victoria or how to get involved, you can visit their website, which is artsaccess.com.au. I'm Susie, and thank you for joining us on this episode of Reality Unplugged. Thank you. So nice to meet you, Boris. <gasps> Thanks for listening to Reality Unplugged, proudly presented by Joy, Australia's rainbow community media organisation, in collaboration with Vic Health. For more episodes, visit joy.org.au forward slash reality unplugged or search Reality Unplugged on your favourite podcast platform. If any of the topics discussed in this podcast bring up any negative feelings for you, remember that support is available. Headspace is a national youth mental health support service offering online and phone-based support. For more information, visit headspace.org.au. That's headspace.org.au. We also have links to additional services in the show notes. For more information on Joy Media's podcasts and production services, visit joy.org.au forward slash services. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help us keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.